0: The smell of napalm in the morning. Smell! You know that gasoline smell? Smells like... Victory. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah What condition my condition was
1: in
0: I woke up this morning with the sun down Shining
2: in
3: oh. Where's the money, Lebowski? Where's
0: the f***ing money, head? Oh, it's... uh, oh, oh it's down there somewhere. Let me take another look. I found my mind in a brown paper bag, but then. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses.
3: Hit it. a cloud and fell eight miles high. high. I my mind on a jagged sky. Okay, you know, you guys aren't privy to all the news, so, uh, you know. That's what you uh, thats what you pay me for. I just dropped in to see what condition my condition was in.
0: Illinois Nazis. I hate Illinois Nazis. Yeah, let's cut to the chase, OK? What are you guys selling?
3: I lost you $60,000. There is no one who wants to make that money back for you more than I do.
0: There's
4: just one thing, dude. What's that? You have to use so many
3: cuss words. What the f- are you talking about?
5: Don't worry, nobody's listening anyway. I woke up this morning with the sun down, shining in
6: him. Hello and welcome back to Jackson Jackson. I'm Matt Byrne on the board back from a big trip. Yeah. Uh, SP Futures up 11. Business. As a Futures up 60. Did you run into Audrey and her months up there? I did not. Was she up there at the same time as I was? Yeah, big picture of her at the very end of the, the peninsula, right where the ferry heads off to... No kidding. Uh, to a Washington Island or something? And yeah, uh,
7: I was a little south, a little so went Right by mountains. your uh, your spot? Definitely. Wow, that's fantastic. Where yeah. are we talking about? Adore County. Door County. Oh, oh, yeah. Very nice. She I like the uh, Green Bay side better than the Lakeside. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's typically more the popular spot. There's a lot more to do on on the Bay side. Um, used to be the other way around. Oh
6: yeah. Uh, the big spot was Bailey's Harbor back <clears throat> years ago. That's where the big lodges were. Now they're kind of on the other side, right?
7: Yeah. Yeah, all the tourism and all that has gone has gone all the way to the Bayside. That's I right. W- I wonder why that is. I, you know, I, I, my theory is, and this is just my theory. I think it has to do with the um, the popularity of the highway. Forty two seems to be more a lot more popular than I believe it's fifty seven. Yeah, fifty seven. Yeah, that seems to be a lot more of a straight shot for uh, suburbanites from the uh, Chicagoland area. Well, you have to switch off under the. Uh is the old bridge still there in, in uh, Sturgeon Bay, or did they, they tear that down and they built a new one? Oh, no. Oh, yeah that, yeah, that bridge. Yeah. I believe that's still there. I'm not sure if it's a new bridge, but there definitely is a bridge there. Well,
6: yeah, there's that, there is there. There is a new <laughs> one. There was one, like, downtown. Okay, yeah. An old, uh, you know, two-lane job, and then they uh, built another one further down. Yeah. I wonder if they took the first one down. Maybe I'll, they did. I'll look into that. Well, it's a... Uh, so a good
7: time was had by all. Did, did you go to the Peninsula Park? That's a nice place. We did. We actually took a little to- uh, a, a trolley tour through it. I wanted to stick, a li- stick around a little bit more, uh, but the uh, the family was not too enthused about being in a uh, uh, you know national park as I was. Uh, but beautiful place. We saw so many deer there. Gosh, the, uh, yeah, it's a really beautiful place, uh, and I, I love those natural parks. Oh, yeah, it's a... Its supposed to have a really good golf course too, but I've never played it. they do yeah, but it's uh uh yeah it's right near the actual state park and it kind of uh it's kind of a juxtaposition if you ask me you got this you know very natural uh forest and <laughs> right next to it is this clean cut golf course uh that they can, you can tell they keep up to date uh um you know, you know. Well, I think it's part of the park oh yeah it it doesn't it doesn't look like it though from from uh from a first glance really? but uh what but she yeah.
6: like they they went. they like Manitowoc, they like two rivers uh Definitely. Um, in four days, uh, she and her friend and the two dogs did pretty good. The dogs loved it, I guess. That's good. <clears> yet, all yet, the nice good. places didn't, didn't care if you had dogs and so forth. So. Yeah. Everybody happy. Good place for pets. <coughs> Speaking of happy uh, grain markets this morning, uh, if you're long soybean, you're not happy. Are you uh, <laughs> uh
2: I think it's rain makes grain or something uh, like that. Rain makes corn, corn makes whiskey. Um, yeah, well, <laughs>
6: makes some whiskey. Yeah.
2: So we're down... Uh, we're down almost two percent in beans. That's thirteen so, dollars ish. That's a big move considering the volatility is usually only around, or it's right now it's probably around twenty percent.
6: Well, let's see what we got going on in oil and gold. We got oil is uh oil's down maybe a percentage point. But it's still over eighty one. So it shot up Friday. Oh, got, it's definitely over eighty one. Yeah. We got gold eighteen sixty nine uh, down six. But
2: what's front month crude? Uh, are they trading SEP? Let
6: me see which one this is. i I don't other.
2: know. I know they trade SEPAC Nov. I'm not sure if Deese, I,
6: I I don't know. This is September crude that Yeah, September
2: crude front. That's
6: it's a uh, 81.95. So is there any? Why, why is uh? I want to ask you. Why is the uh, the December gold um higher I don't
2: think than many many people are interested in gold right now? What's but I mean, why, but why like is
6: December, why is December gold higher than August?
2: Uh, I'd imagine something to do with storage. Yeah, but you pay to storage futures usually cheaper. Uh, usually, yeah. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes you sell it because you don't want to store it. Yeah, I suppose or that's true. Or if it costs money to store it, and <laughs> if it costs you five dollars to store it, and you can sell it for three dollars or something, you, you Well, going to going to cause you. That's what happened with uh, oil uh, back oh, yeah. when it went negative. So <laughs> if well, it well, costs it,
6: twenty dollars to store it and you, you sell yeah, it for negative eighteen, it went it went negative because of IB. Oh, you know you know that story. Um, I, I <laughs> do tell. I don't
2: know the story
6: but I imagine it is uh an auto yeah, auto it liquidator. It was an auto liquidator. Yeah. <laughs> uh interactive brokers who uh we actually use for a lot of our clients. Um They do not mess around. No, and uh they uh it's one of the things, by the way, if you ever uh if you want think you want to trade through I B, which probably is the best best know, execution. Yeah, best execution yeah. platform around. Uh, I, th- I think you're way better off to go through PTI Pro Direct, which is my firm, and uh, we use their platform. But you actually can pick up the phone and call somebody if you need somebody. Try and find somebody at IB. So it, you know you're, you're much better off, in my opinion. And the one time that you got a problem and, and the thing doesn't work or whatever, we'll pick up the phone. And they won't. So
2: yeah, Dan's pretty good at
6: yeah. Well, Dan, he showed
2: it, me how to do the. Uh, Option combo trade around there. Yeah, so that's whats a neat system. Easy.
6: Problem is, they they uh <clears throat> they really get uh, crazed at the end of the day if you don't have enough money to carry the stock or whatever, and they auto auto liquidate people. Yeah, and it's uh it's a way to not have people, but it's also a way to, you know, you got to be careful with that one. Um, so we get a load of this Friday night. I thought the market was high during the day, and I one of the guys that does uh, stuff with me over at NFO, he calls and he says, you know, what am do I doing? Wait, these Friday put? night. Well, Friday. Isn't during. everything closed? Oh, this is Friday day. Oh, well, Friday day. Okay. But Friday day. We were the S and P five. The spiders were like at 5. And a half or something. So they're they're up there. We're we up and uh, and he's got the he short the forty six puts. And I say, don't don't don't, don't buy the forty six puts. Buy the forty seven puts. They're the same price. They're seven dollars out of the money. They're both four cents. You know, you you always want to give yourself that chance. It doesn't cost you any more. I mean. You know, it, if you're unlucky, it, yeah. If it you, costs you were, the same, that means somebody's asleep at the wheel yeah, somewhere. Well, yeah, exactly. So why, why not take advantage of it? There, there's you know, there's a one in hundred chance that it's going to go below forty-seven, and you're actually going to make money on the trade. Uh, you know, it's it's not a good chance, I mean, you probably wouldn't, well, actually, you'd always do the spread for even, right? I mean, why Did not? Did he want to do the short deltas, or? No, he just, we well, just had, he had uh, long puts out two weeks. So. Oh, all right, So, uh, so buy I, got, you know, guys, yeah, I said, don't buy the forty sixes, buy the 47s so he buys them at four cents. So then I say to myself, self, I don't think this thing's going to hang up here, let's, let's buy the 51 put spread Monday to today, or Monday to Friday, it was only like 60 cents. And I think, okay, we might settle back a little bit today, but now I'll, I'll be long puts coming in on Monday for $0.60, cents, which is a nice do, and see what happens. Of course, the market turns around and gets buried. Nice. The, yeah, well, nice for him. The, nice. The, the $0.04 cent ones now are trading 85 Bingo. Which is, that's really rare, <laughs> 4 to 85 And, uh, in- of course, my spread gets buried. <laughs> Thank God I only did it a couple of times. For, uh, so all of a sudden, I, I lose money on mine. Oops. Because now the thing's four forty six. I'm going. Whoops! What's it, what's it doing? I, I thought we'd come back a little bit, and I wanted to be long puts for today. And it turns out you wanted real puts for Friday, and you want calls for today. It's right? A, but uh, I, I, I haven't seen that kind of a turnaround on a, on a Friday expiration in really a while. We went from
2: we went we, from up half a percent to down half a percent. Yeah, right? we went from so up four,
6: uh, you know we were at four fifty three and a half or something somewhere in there. We're down as low as four fifty six ten or something. It was it was a big move, and nothing you know summer, summer Friday afternoon, which is kind of rare. Um, you know, this is this is, it's, this is pretty squirrely. I uh, everything everything you see. Boy, the more you talk to people, I mean, uh, you know, the more people keep telling me how good this how good the economy is. I'm not seeing it. I mean, I'm not. I mean, some Nvidia is doing great. Well, but i was saying, if, if you <laughs> the you AI
2: economy is,
6: well, I mean, but you, you, what people are doing are being brainwashed into. the The stock market is not the economy. One can move one way, one can move the other. If the, mm. if the if the market collapses here, it doesn't mean the economy gets any better or worse. I mean, if it really collapses, I mean, it would be don't money. Yeah, that would cause a problem. But, but the idea that that NVIDIA is up somehow. You're doing better. Well, I think
2: it's uh, seven companies control twenty-seven percent of the market cap
6: well, of way the more, S&P. No, way more than that. Way more than it's that. Oh, S and P, yeah. It's like it's, it's like fifty-something
2: percent of the queue. So, and, so the S and P is <laughs> the S and P has five hundred stocks, seven of which are uh, close to thirty percent.
6: Right, and, and no matter <laughs> what you do, you're buying them if you're putting people's money to work.
2: If you're buying the S and P, you definitely have seven percent in Apple and six percent. Well, if, you, in if you're buying
6: the Q's, you're, if you're buying 50%. the Q's. Yeah, the only one you can get away without it is is the Russell. But then the Russell hasn't performed as well, you know. So, but the idea, you know, the idea that oh yeah, everybody's doing great. Look at the market. No, you, you can't. You can't do that. You know, you, just, you know, you just can't do that. I mean, it's because uh, there are more people in the market through their four hundred one ks and so forth, way more than during the twenties. But in the twenties. How many times have you heard? Even you guys that are younger, how many times have you heard? Everybody was in. Even the clar- boy was in. I'm, you know, clarifying. It's I was all BS. They were alive like, in the twenties. Well, I, I get that. Neither <laughs> was I. But I mean, you, but you'll hear. Even the shoe weren't what a Rockefeller. I heard the shoe shine boy tell me to buy something down on the subway. I, I sold. you know that kind of crap. Fact is, the only shoe shine boy in the world that was uh, that was long in the market was the guy who was underneath Wall Street. I mean, uh, with, like less than seven percent of the population owned any shares of anything.
2: That's kind of kind of like it is now, though. Uh, no, the 401 one Ks have people. We got a lot of people in it, but in terms of who dominates, it's probably still a similar makeup.
6: Well, that's true. The the, the one, the top one tenth and one percent is owns some tremendous amount of the market and, and other assets, you know, yeah, buildings and those kinds of things. And what? Uh, so what are you seeing in the in, uh, in on the in the restaurant business? in mean, uh our man Greg is an expert in there. What do you what do you make of uh, fake
2: expert? We try to be.
6: We try to be. What do you make of me going to some places on the south side and people have like lost their late crowd? They've lost this. They've lost it. Is that just shifting around, or are people just doing it at home? Well, they were clearly are... at
2: Lollapalooza. So. up this weekend, yeah, yeah, this weekend they were <coughs> they were uh, living it up at Lollapalooza. But um, there were a bunch we a bunch of young ladies do some reconnaissance <coughs> next weekend.
6: See just if so it happened? Uh, well, last night I <laughs> you just you, you can't help but uh, also, it wasn't payday last Friday,
2: was it? It's payday know. is next week.
6: Yeah, I uh, you can't help but observe if it's like right in front of you. But, but Friday, the uh, two things one I'm, I go to my parking spot <coughs> on Friday night, and of course, it's like a, it's like a uh, tailgater for a football game for Lollapalooza, right? Oh, I can't wait. So the guys are like they're like shirtless. The girls are as close to being shirtless as you could. And everybody before they head to the thing is taking this big bag of gummies and we're all popping them in. And nice, the thing sounds a good. Party. Th- th- that's Wait, is
2: swell. this this is not for football? This is for Lollapalooza. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. You could watch it on Hulu though. Well, really? Yeah, they wow. had uh, two of the stages. I think were live on Hulu. No so kidding. So that was sounded better to me at least. Yeah. <laughs> no gummies though. Oh, you could do gummies yeah, at home. You got some gummies.
7: No shirtless
6: girls though. No. no.
2: Do you see him on the screen.
6: <laughs> well, so then the, we uh, were downstairs at uh, O'Neill's, and all of a sudden across the street a group of like five, and these girls were not, they weren't 15, they were older. And as a matter of fact, they're probably old enough to come in the bar and use the ladies' room. But I've mentioned in the show a few times when I came in one morning after all the shootings, there's a there's a bushes across the street, <clears throat> and I see the cop in there searching for the gun, which he inevitably found in the bushes. Well, <clears throat> the same bushes for another purpose. It's a very <laughs> creative, <laughs> very creative set of bushes. Yeah. So all of a sudden, all these girls are ducking back there one at a time. Uh, one can only imagine. I mean, you know exactly what's going on. The, but the, the other girl would stand guard, and this one girl standing guard with a cell phone. And I'm like. <laughs> You can't you can't drop the cell phone no matter what guy's name you're doing it's like, so she's there it'd be different if she was like had a rifle you know or a gun or something she's standing with the cell phone looking like look like it was her weapon protecting her girl behind the behind the bushes I'm like you know somebody in the bars waving at me <laughs> good one they could have just walked across the street and walked in they looked like they were twenty one to I me mean, anyway they probably weren't but still I'm sure they would let them use the bathroom it's like, you know you, you just wonder what what the hell's going kitty on Kitty cocktails oh yeah kitty cocktails. But I mean, uh, La is quite the show, and did you see all the interviews yesterday of all the people there in the rain? And one, one guy goes, "I specifically went out and bought ten ponchos. and when I left the house, I left them all at the house." Whoops! I'm like, "There's a there's the guy that keeps thought together." <laughs> all he did was talk about how much mud there was and people had to sit down in the mud, and they needed a pancho to sit on. I mean, the park's destroyed, right?
2: Yeah, that's <laughs> that was, and unfortunately, that happened kind of during the the NASCAR event, and they didn't. Oh. There weren't as many people out there, though, so this time there were people everywhere. And
6: so we'll never play softball on there again because the place is destroyed. Plus there's no softball this year anyway because didn't ask her. Yeah,
2: they... they <laughs> having all those people in addition to the rain before, not during even, before and during, but it just... I hope they had a <laughs> change of socks, change of shoes because... Uh, I, I, don't, I doubt that's it. That's
6: just... Yeah, been there. I think the clothes it's were gross. all left in the bathrooms. It's just gross. Yeah, I just you know, I, I just uh, not, not for me. Like once yeah. well, like I Woodstock,
2: mini. yeah, mini, same mini, thing.
6: Mini. You know, out in the mud. That was on a farm. You couldn't even go. Couldn't even go to the L and Go home.
7: Except Woodstock was uh, free after a while. Uh, La quite the opposite. I think it's about three hundred dollars for a ticket for, for, for all for all day for just free? for one day. Yeah, Oh,
6: They're, I thought it was for all four days or let's something. Let's
7: look it up here. Fact straight
6: well there's a uh, you see the guy who or the, or the couple who you know this is I mean it's not like if anyone's looking for pictures Barry
2: Butler has great pictures on uh, Instagram and Twitter and such of the uh, like sky view and drone view of uh, the festival
6: well I mean I, I've always I always uh, being a money manager an entrepreneur I always like it when people make money when they have money that's all my idea of of working and so forth right and so then, but then once in a while you just get this feeling that people have too much money. you hear about the dopo couple that buys tickets to Taylor Swift? They show up, <coughs> and the, the tickets were for the night before, so mm. they don't let them in. So what do you think the guy does? He buys t- tickets for the next town the next week to two thousand a pop. Ugh. Now there's a dude that either inherited a lot of dough or something. <laughs> I mean, really? Uh, but uh, you know, what the heck? I guess it's a uh, one of my clients said his buddy bought his daughter and her four friends tickets for Taylor Swift here and they 1500 a pound. Wow. Um. Taylor Isn't Swift
2: handy? and Barbie single-handedly <laughs> saving the economy.
6: Yeah, Yeah. well, you saw Barbie, right?
2: I saw Oppenheimer. I think, oh, I I think saw Matt you? saw Barbie. I
7: did see Barbie, yeah. Right. I actually saw it at the drive-in at the up in Door County. Wow, a drive-in. Shout <laughs> yeah, shout-out to the Skyway drive-in. I feel like that's a shameless plug. Great place. Uh, and they still do very, it's uh, $10 a ticket. I know that sounds maybe a little expensive now, but. $10 uh,
6: uh, a car or a person in the car? Uh, per person. Well, that's not horrible. What, you yeah, what, what do you put AMC. inside the cars, though? You use your own
7: radio, right? Yeah, you, uh, you have two options. You can do uh, FM radio. Actually, yeah, they have FM and, a- and AM. Obviously, prefer the FM. Uh, but they also have speakers uh, up to next uh, every car, so you can put the speaker inside. Well, you your hang car.
6: the you hang a speaker on the door or the window? Like that's you right. Yeah. yeah, so you have two options. Do they have heaters like they used to have here? No, I didn't see any heaters, nothing like that. Oh yeah, they used to have actually heaters. you can put them together in wow. the winter time, but they were uh, they were big on subliminal messages. Mm. You know, you guys know what those Is are. Is that right? a conspiracy yeah. theory? What yeah. are you talking? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <I> don't know. <laughs> you don't you don't you don't believe that? Subliminal messages. do well, you let's hear it. What? Yeah. He, he doesn't you know sometimes Greg knows all this stuff then once in a while he's you come out of left field I <laughs> come out <on. laughs> some Subliminal messages somebody he sees those on t v yeah It'd be like you know a, a movie is what it's it's twenty four it's twenty four still shots a, a- second right yeah more than that uh, i think it's twenty four anyway something like that something like that see man knows more about this <laughs> but in in one of the twenty four you put like a, a Pepsi or something, mm. and it goes by so fast, you can't really see it, but your mind registers it. Mm. So the drive-ins are really big on, on having like the dancing hot dogs and the popcorn and everything, so the minute they go on break, everybody just power their car and run to the, to the uh,
7: place. They, d- I will say, they did keep in all the original uh, uh, drive-in uh, clips like that. They had the "Let's go to the lobby" and all oh that. Yeah. They kept everything original, very authentic. There's no
6: lobby. There's no lobby. There well, I- well, well, there's, <laughs> well, there's, there's, a, there's a there's a, a snack s- bar.
7: There's a snack bar. Yeah, <laughs> and 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 bathroom, that's, that's sort yeah. of their, their lobby in a way. Yeah. But they used to be everybody would just charge
6: Let's up all go room. to the bathroom? Well, <laughs> they, they, they didn't have a subliminal, ba- I don't think, a bathroom message. <laughs> but but they, it, those things were really, they banned them. What, what, you know, just so Greg knows what I'm talking about, hmm. Google subliminal. was actually were, had to
7: ban them on TV. Yeah, the best example, Greg, would probably be um, Fight Club. That's what Brad Pitt's character did. Uh, at the, at the, this is a horrible. At the kids' movies, he was the film operator, and he would put in one one frame of an adult film into these children's movies. That was the whole thing, yeah. Oh, Whatever, well, I, I, never, I never knew that. It was always, yeah. well, that's, always yeah, popcorn that's more or more hot dogs or Pepsi or something. Yeah, and in Brad Pitt's case, it was uh, something a, little, a little bit more devious.
6: When was it actually banned?
7: Gosh, let's look that up.
6: Yeah, it's because uh, it w- they used to do on regular TV. Uh, I guess they're really powerful. I mean, as, as messages go, you all of a sudden you're hungry, you don't know why. It's like where <laughs> weirdest thing. I'm, and I'm taking the under on that. <laughs>
7: <laughs> you know, he's, he's, he's a naysayer, this guy. <laughs> I'm a naysayer. He's a uh, nay. It'll never work. This <laughs> comes from uh, truthinadvertising.org. Uh, in 1958, the National Association of Broadcasters banned subliminal ads. Uh, the FTC also views these ads as inherently deceptive and therefore illegal.
6: But at the drive-ins, no problem <laughs>
7: I guess if it's in uh you know, it's sort of the way, I guess, uh, it's an archival experience. You're seeing it the way it was intended to see, uh, you know, the same way it was many years ago, just a different movie.
6: Well, even if, e- and I'm sure, even if they don't put them in the movie, mm. if they put them in the advertisement showing, here, come visit our, our great, you know, uh, snack thing, and if you got little things of Pepsi or something in the snack thing, you're going to want a Pepsi when you go up there.
7: Yeah.
6: It's yeah, th- that's
2: like in the Bond films when they put in the, the Aston Martin or the uh, Rolex or whatever, or... What's it now, Omega or something, when mm. just straight-up advertising, oh, they pay to be there.
6: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean... It's a good strategy. Well, I mean, if you... Uh, that goes back a long way. I mean, I, how much do you think uh, Ford paid uh, the movie Bullet to have the, the Mustang in the chase scene? That goes back how many years?
7: Hmm.
6: I mean, uh, a lot of these places, they, they want they want people driving Chevys or, or whatever. I mean, that goes back to... God bless... Uh, what was the what was Brad Crawford at Highway Patrol? I mean
7: Buick. I think paid to put the car. This squad car is all Buicks. I will say in the new Barbie movie now they mention it uh, very distinctly. There's a couple chase scenes where they're in a car. No spoilers, of course. Um, but they're in I, and I, I registered it. Uh, they're in a, a Ford Suburban, and it's ve- they make it very clear they are in a Ford Suburban. Um, there's no Ford. There Suburban is no movie. Ford Suburban. I mean an Expedition. What am I talking about? Ford isn't there. Chevy uh, Suburban, Ford Expedition. Let's see. It says Suburban on it. Maybe I'm. Maybe i has got to be Chevy. Something like that. yeah. Okay, the Chevy. My bad. Chevy bad. Oh yeah. One one car is one car is uh, the same to me. But anyway, it's <laughs> it, 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 yeah. It's it's the Chevy Chevy Suburban. Um, yeah, it's very clear that it's it's it is that car. Uh, yeah, they, it looks like a car commercial at some points when they are driving these down the highway.
6: Well, I mean, there's no. I mean, if ever you have like a, a movie with, or you know, it's like a TV show with like cops in it and stuff. Mm. It's a big deal, especially if any kind of performance chase or anything like that. Which car you use? Oh yeah, I mean people are always trying to get the car. I mean it's there's a lot to this. It's, it's crazy stuff. So what do you make? Are are, are, are these beans a buy here? Or are we uh, are we at the point where we're just we're saying we have record years here again?
2: They they're talking like the weather is is fifty. They want like a 50 and a half or some bushel per acre yield. And if the weather gets better, they're saying it might it might go up, so um, maybe push the bean prices down. Also, China hasn't bought nearly as
6: much. So you get, you get, um, so you get fifty acres of uh, soybeans an acre, and the you get two hundred you two hundred uh, acres of corn, well, two hundred bushels of corn.
2: The corn estimates are still probably around one seventy seven. They think those might go down though. Um, but That's either average. way, either way, you know the beans go from fifteen to thirteen. So, you know, uh, Still selling, selling some premium might not be the worst idea. Um, yeah, you mm-hmm. know, it just as a speculator, as a hedger, you know, hopefully you've had, you've had uh, some contracts sold, but um,
6: or you bought puts,
2: or you buy puts, right? And the uh, I don't know. Uh, they usually have the bean vol around twenty percent, meaning twenty percent of. The implied uh, volatility, yeah, the implied volatility is like three bucks. So, if you're expecting your beans to be eighteen to th- to twelve or whatever, say based on fifteen, you, maybe thirteen isn't the worst place to pick some up.
6: No, probably isn't. I real quick, we got to go to break here and pick up Jan. Uh, back when when Dan, my bro, was still trading on the uh, corn options on the board of trade, the U.S. government. For once, once in their life, did something totally intelligent. Instead of all this crop insurance and all this other crap, I think they lent people money to buy puts. So if, if corn was trading, you know, three dollars or something, and you uh, were worried about it going down, instead of selling your corn at three bucks, you could buy the, you know, the whatever three dollar put for whatever the number was, thirty cents, forty cents, fifty cents. So you essentially locked in, you know, two sixty if it was <laughs> forty cents. So it was an amazingly successful program for two years and immediately they stopped it. It's a subsidy to those well I mean they said, damn but instead speculators of, well no but instead of, instead of essentially it's, it's another way of buying insurance right it's buying price you're not buying crop insurance because you can still get a hailstorm over your con, your farm but it's a way to buy price insurance right and a uh, very successful program and actually that one of those years the stuff ran way up and the guys who did it Participated in the run-up because they had the puts and didn't, didn't actually sell a future, so it was really su- considered successful. Though of course they stopped it. I don't know under who decided to do that. Maybe the grain operator, somebody got together. But SP futures up 10, NASA futures up 58. Um, we have we come back, Mr. John Flannery, but also at 7:30, because of the Big 12 news. Uh, Kevin's going to call in and we're going to talk about that a little bit because for those that don't, uh, Pac-12, for those realize the Pac-12 pretty much disintegrated over the weekend. Leaving like four teams high and dry. Uh, I think it's uh, Stanford, uh, Oregon State, Washington State, and there's, there's somebody else uh, that are, are not either picked up by the the Big Ten or the the, the Big Twelve, which has got to be what the Big Sixteen now. And we're gonna go through all this stuff when uh, at seven thirty.
3: We'll be right back. Stocks and Jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox.
0: 8810, or search us on the web at CognosHR.com. CognosHR, innovation in human resources. Licensed in Illinois and Arizona.
6: Hello, this is Tom Howell, the Chief. Confused about investing these days? I suspect you are not alone. Investing was never easy, although at times it may have seemed so. I think one reason behind the current concern, although maybe not explained as such, is how the fluctuation in the American dollar and the associated politics is affecting your investments and your wealth. It may not be enough to make some money in your investments. Be back in the game before you know it. How come you didn't find the one uh, Frank Sinatra? I forgot the movie. What do he say? I may have been broke, but I was never poor. We'll,
7: we'll go and find that one. Yeah,
6: fine. SP, SP Futures up 11.15, it Futures up 16. By the way, I misspoke. Kevin's gonna be here at 7. We got uh, Audrey at 7.30. Uh, anyway, SP and up 11, and features up 61, Dow futures up 49, individual stocks a little green, Microsoft up a buck 18, Salesforce up a buck, nothing else, uh, Amgen up a buck 70, uh, not much more than that going on on the, on the individual stocks. Over in Asia, kneecap 61.2%, Hang Seng down a buck, wow, those guys use it all over the place, down a buck, that must have been a boring day over there, 19,537. Shanghai down 19, that's 0.6%. Over in Europe, we have the DAX down 59.4%, FTSE down 37.5%, around only down 13.2%. European stocks, choppy, ahead of inflation data and final earnings. Final earnings. On Friday, we had a, we, we ducked down, the S&Ps were down uh, 23, the NASDAQ down 50 to down, down 150. This all happened right near the close, we're up most of the day. Uh, we have bonds. 4 basis points, 4.11. If, if those numbers stay over 4, I, I don't think the market heads north. Whether it goes south or not, I don't know, but I don't think it heads north if, that, if those rates stay above 4. Then again, what do I know? Uh, bond up 4 basis points, 2.58. Japan unchanged at point six four. We have oil, down 83 cents but still 81.99, a big rally on Friday. Uh, so, because it was down under under 80 there for a while. Uh, Brent down 83 cents, 85.41. Natural gas up 4 cents, 262. Uh, gas was up 20 cents from last week out in the Burbs, where I got some. Gold down 750, 1968. They're off three week lows, uh, but they're still uh, not as high as. Uh, can't quite get to 2000. Silver down 23 cents, 23.48. I mean, that thing, the time it gets down here down there, 23 it's kind of a buy it has been no it doesn't mean it will be this time copper unchanged 385 we've got bitcoin uh, down 10 bucks twenty-nine thousand zero three eight. 038 and we've got the u.s dollar uh down a, up a little bit actually against the euro the euro is down to 10, 1097 the british pound uh 127 down slightly uh i mean the dollar's up slightly they're down slightly now, what do you have for Australia World Sports? Cubs, Cubs,
7: Cubs. Oh, definitely, yeah. Uh, we, we can go right to that. Uh, Cubs uh, won uh, yesterday, uh, as well as uh, a final score of 6-4 to four against Braves uh, last night. Uh, White Sox won their game against Guardians last night as well, 5-3. to three. And Diamondbacks lost their game against uh, Twin City. That's 5-3. to Now for weather, give me a little bit of that. Chicago, uh, currently 67 degrees with a high of 76 today. Uh, expect overcast skies throughout the day. Uh, but tomorrow, Tuesday, uh, August 8th, we're expecting a thunderstorm in the afternoon. Uh, temperatures up to 85 degrees tomorrow. Down in Phoenix, Arizona, partly cloudy. 93 degrees currently. A high of 107 later on. An excessive heat warning to stay in effect for the area until 8 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Uh, and uh, that's all I got right now, Chief. Back to you. Do we have Mr. Flanagan? We're still working on getting him.
6: All right. Well,
7: we stuck have, with me, Chief. Oh, Sorry. oh stuck with you. We're at will <laughs> work.
2: The, uh...
6: What's it called? Denier, subliminal denier. Yeah, you subliminal denier. You, are just a naysayer. <laughs> well, what, was the what was the guy? What was the guy? It'll never work. We'll never make it. What was it uh, people
2: want to buy things? They, they're going to buy things. You don't need to.
6: Well, maybe if you remind them. Well, yeah. you got to tell them which thing to buy. Yeah. You know, you definitely want to sell a popcorn for years and years. And I don't know, I haven't been in a movie in a long time. Other than text messaging. The highest profit item, like on Earth, was uh, movie
7: popcorn.
2: I went to see Oppenheimer. Mm. I fell asleep in the in the first.
4: Yeah.
7: <laughs> but but a I woke up. i bomb going and off. It was, and you were falling asleep.
2: It was that was later. Oh. That was yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. That um, but it was interesting. I would I would watch it again, minus like you know the first or the minute thirty to minute. To the first hour. Well, you, 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 the you, you, first like twenty minutes were pretty cool.
6: You relative yeah. you, if there's not something blasting off or something every thirty seconds, you're not, you're not involved. Three hours, long time, chief. Yeah, <laughs> it's. That's pretty long. I would <laughs> I would never go watch Lawrence of Arabia if I were you. My it's, mother took me to see that. God, that's a long movie. I think I think that might have been like three and a half hours of blood and sand. It was oh wow. It was uh, I don't imagine one of you guys ever saw that. It was, it's quite the film, but it's it's a, a one timer if that. <laughs> If that. if that. Uh well some of them are you know, the longest day was three and a half hours, I think.
2: Yeah. You,
6: Titanic was three hours. Yeah, would you uh that's longer than it took to sink. <laughs> <laughs> it only took like an hour and a half to sink, well, right? Let's I let's get, get, get with the pace, come <laughs> on. Let's pick up the pace. This thing's going down. Well, to uh, Google just uh, since Matt, you're so good at this. Why don't you Google Lawrence of Arabia? I'm going to say three and a half hours, but it may not be that long.
2: Oppenheimer was interesting. I,
6: I enjoyed the uh,
2: I enjoyed the entire thing minus that you know. Well, there's 30 a to, 30 there's a tremendous
6: uh, um, story about that in uh, William Kennedy's Freedom from Fear, mm. and it's a uh, and how and how it was. Everybody says you know the the Germans were. Uh, you know, so close and blah blah blah. That's that, that's really kind of all BS because they may have been close in theory, but they lost so many of their people that they. Uh, um,
2: that was they, one yeah. of the things they talked about in the beginning was um, how you want to exploit the enemy's weakness. And one of the one of the enemy weaknesses was they were kicking out all the people who knew who had all yeah. that great information, and and uh, background and. Knowledge of the physics, and so they were kicking out all those people. And the American well, they, military wanted to use well,
4: that as used, to their uh, advantage. They used.
6: They booted out like seven Nobel Prize winners, mm. seven or eight, out of uh, either Germany or uh, Italy, I and mean, then I guess a couple in France too. I mean, but the the story was that uh, Enrico Fermi somehow got over here. Yeah, and uh, he was Fermi
2: was a player in. I I forgot who played him, but he was a uh, mentioned and talked about in in the research labs I think did they Here, have
6: anything in there about the part Roosevelt played
2: I'm not I don't remember but I don't think it was as much as um, him as it was the general in charge of the whole project who was a logistics person mm. not George George Marshall not Marshall the the, under him. the one who he had in charge of the the project so it was Oppenheimer's I don't know if it was his boss or his colleague or his government counterpart, but Oppenheimer was in charge of the science part mm. and then the funding and the construction and all the um logistics related stuff was was this. Hey man, why don't official. you uh
6: why don't you give Jan Flanagan a call? He says Zoom won't let him in somehow. I see, okay.
2: The army official who was in charge of uh making sure everything worked and <laughs> and uh Keeping all the civilians um, in line.
6: Well, the, uh, the the Germans never really, although they they had a, a heavy water source in Norway. That's one of the reasons why they ran up to Norway. But they really didn't. There's no way they had they had anywhere near the capability of getting enough uranium or plutonium. I mean, you had a you had a it's like a it's like you get like an ounce per ton or something. And we had like I don't know how many thousand people working on this project with a massive mine and. Was it Tennessee and another one in Oregon? From Washington or someplace?
2: Leslie Groves.
6: Okay. Lieutenant General Leslie Groves, mm. Jr. And but the, yeah. uh, I mean, Fermi came to, he went to see somebody in the Navy, an admiral. This is a weird story, but captain came in and it says, that, now, Enrico Fermi is a physicist and a Nobel Prize winner. And the captain says to the admiral, some wop out here wants to see you. <laughs> and they just, they didn't know what the hell he was talking about and just like dismissed him. And somehow somebody got wind of how important this was. This is according to William Kennedy. You know, and got and got to Eleanor Roosevelt, who scheduled him for, for a meeting with the president, like you know, three weeks out when he had ten minutes. And when uh, and when Roosevelt heard all this, he's the he's the one who set it all in motion. He says, you know, we gotta be, we gotta get on this. And uh, and it, it took you know a couple of years of, of digging and 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 mining all this stuff. I mean. We had yeah. Now that I think about it, three years in three hours, you know, whatever. But I mean, yeah. it was. I think we had like fifty thousand people working on it. I mean, there's no way Germany could have done that while being bombed. You know, I mean, it, it, I mean, the idea that they were that close. I mean, if Hitler would have put everything off for two or three years, but the reason why he didn't is he was broke. Yeah. I mean, people say, why did you know? Why did he attack? the The, the German army was was appalled that he attacked when he did Poland, but he was broke. He had to go get stuff from other places. I mean, basically, you know, they got it, we want it, let's get it. I and mean, that's the real reason for war, right? And uh, and that was, I mean, the, people don't realize it's the economics of it. That he, I mean, how did how did they go from, you know, I, worse depression than us to uh, doing pretty good? Well, he, they spent a lot of dough and they didn't have it. I think that uh, what was it? The, when the movie
2: started, they they were talking about the research and then. Uh, Groves, the general, um, goes and gets Oppenheimer to lead the project, and they talk about um, the Nazis um, coming. Heisenberg is is getting closer and closer, and they wanted uh, Oppenheimer and Teller and a couple other. I think Fermi Fermi came in later, Mm -hmm. and they talked, and he went... I uh but I Einstein Fer- was like a character in the movie too. So
6: well, he was. But I think Fermi uh, won his Nobel Prize in eh, 36, 30. six thirty. I'm not positive on that. Chan probably knows all this stuff. Jan, how are you, buddy? Good, Tom. Morning, Greg. Matt
7: Good morning. Good morning.
6: So what's the what's the good word? Did you participate in the demise of the pack, uh The Pac twelve was Kevin's going to talk about it at <laughs> seven o'clock. <laughs> I'll, I'll take Kevin's account of it on faith. <laughs> yeah, it's a uh, crazy stuff. What? Uh, so what did what did you accomplish this weekend? Anything?
4: I didn't do a whole heck of a lot. I got some writing and researching done for an article I'm working on, a literary article. That's about it. So it was a good day to just hole up and do library like things. So
6: yeah, it was. Uh, you weren't down in the mud at
4: Walapulzum. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> well, but, uh, I applaud all those diehards who were there. You
6: know, <laughs> it was like uh, we, we, you were you were Woodstock, weren't you?
4: Uh, I had plans that, you know, that were foiled at the last minute. My brother and I were supposed to trek down there. Wow. We kind of chickened out at the last minute. And we're going to tell our parents some fantastic story about where we really you know, were not. So uh, in the end, we thought maybe this would be kind of a deceitful thing, so we abandoned our plan.
6: How the hell were you going to get from here to upstate New York, Hitchhik?
4: Well, we we're, were in Washington at the time, oh. and we are going to like delay our trip home. Uh, by a couple of days, with some circuitous route that had nothing to do with Woodstock, and the version we we're going to tell our parents. So that's how you know nervous I was in the year before senior year of high school. I didn't want to do too much to get on my parents' bad side. So yeah.
6: <laughs> so you're telling me you're going to Cooperstown? You're actually right. out in H-
4: <laughs> God.
6: The uh, it, it rained there too. You know, uh, just saying. But uh, with the, with the, the it was it was dry on the stage, I guess. Huh?
4: Yeah, that's the only place too. yeah
6: what uh so what do you make of all the I, I like the part and then we're talking about the uh, the Trump situation the more this thing plays out the more I'm just I'm just appalled at the whole I mean you know how do you believe Pence or uh, who's the other guy Chris Christie when they're running against the guy you know even though I think I think Pence is pretty straight actually I, I don't know if he is or he isn't but compared to Trump he sure seems like he's straight uh, then they put the gag order on Trump. How could the guy say more if he didn't have a gag order? I mean, does the guy pay attention to anything?
4: The whole thing is a sham, Tom. You know, I, I, I'm just amazed that you know it, it shows the desperation um, that they want this guy off the stage at all costs, and they'll jump through any legal hoop or invent any you know legal theory to accomplish it. It's pretty pathetic.
6: Well, I, I, I'm of the opinion that. Uh, what you what you don't you should just let the guy die off and go away instead of putting him back in the news every day. That would be the, in my opinion, well, the right it, way to do it. It's pretty
4: clear me they've concluded the only way they can beat him is by not having him as a candidate or putting him in prison and hoping that that keeps him off the stage. But I mean, I, that's
6: not I, 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 that's not a very
4: smart way to win an election if you're that worse. <laughs> much worse than the person you're, you're running against. I mean, they've, they've tried everything possible to discredit him, impeached him twice, indicted him three times, and none of it's working, so it's pretty clear to me that um, what they're doing now is just you know, good old-fashioned election interference. They, they want to steer the election, you know, the, the way it's going to be conducted, and who's going to be participating just the way they want it. Well, that, that sounds pretty undemocratic right. well, to me.
6: Six months ago, I was reading before they started that His rallies were were half full. His stuff was old. Nobody wanted to listen to him. He hadn't come up with a new line in two years. Just let him go away. I mean, uh, but but they can't do that. Uh, You know, but I mean, it isn't isn't like he's not... Even if taking all the documents and stuff, which is not about this, even if that was somewhat of a mistake, his response to it was absurd. Hey, here they are. The movers brought him here. Take him back. I mean, whatever. I mean, everything the guy does is (laughs) like... And yet the more he the more he becomes the more obnoxious he gets the more people like him which is even more bizarre. I mean there's got to be somebody else that feels the same way he does about Washington that'll be a lot more effective and a lot more intelligent about it. There's got to be I mean first of all I feel the same way he does about Washington I, it, it, but uh, you know I'm I'm not, not going to be like a bull in a china shop like that guy. I mean I mean I, don't, I just don't Whole well, thing,
4: whole if that person exists, Tom I don't know where they are You know, I mean, We'd all like our dream candidates But um, it's like I, I was listening to a Nigel Farage interview Over the weekend by Brendan O'Neill Who writes he was, was an editor of Spike magazine in the UK And he had, he had Farage on for about a half hour Talking about the banking De-platforming he's experienced And everything else And at the end they were talking about U.S. politics And he wanted Farage's take on what's happening And Farage, you know you know, he gave a, 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 an excellent, like, thirty-second description of Biden's presidency. And at the end, he said, "Whether you like, you know, Trump or not, and, and you know, I know a lot of people do not like him at all, but he's the best we have." There was a kind of
6: the, silent, that, that, is, that, deal that is just, that is you know what? Continue. I don't, I don't. The, the man has zero talent to run anything. I mean, I the idea that he somehow did a good... he didn't do anything. The, the, I mean, everything. Oh, God, he got oil back together. No, he didn't. Well, the oil production went down totally on his watch. I mean, everything... None of these guys... I mean, I, I don't... <laughs> There's an article I sent you last night, and I'm not, I'm not just picking on him. And the Biden administration... Well, the, the two of them, the two, the two buffoons together, okay, in the last six years, have done nothing but, but rag against China and do everything they possibly could against China. How much have our... Of our prescription drug production in China increased while both of those guys were in office. It's it's incredible how much more we get now than we did bef- before Trump got there. Let alone this guy.
4: Well, any, anybody who'd run on a, a platform where the number one tenant we're going to remove pharmaceuticals from production in China, that person would be deplatformed just like they're trying to deplatform Trump Town.
6: Uh, well, I mean, so that's
4: that's why we've got the, the you know the hiding of the COVID mess and the vaccine mess. You know. None of this is, is going to just let its way into the public discussion without somebody being, you know, you know a lot more nervy even than Trump. And I, I just don't see anybody getting anywhere running on that platform now. Look, look, at, look at, you know, what we think about COVID and the lockdowns and everything else, but it hasn't really translated to any kind of regret or change of policy, let alone, you know, Stomping down on Pfizer and Moderna and, and all these other crooked outfits, you, nobody's going to get anywhere saying we should stop doing this. That's uh, how bad it's gotten. But it isn't like there's some somebody waiting out there. So you're from the get all the media attention he or she wants and get this done. It's not going to happen.
6: So you're a uh, you're from the the, the school of, of thought that says we uh, we get what we get what we deserve.
4: Well, it's like H. L. Mencken said, you know, let democracy do its work and you know we. I hope you get the result you want good and hard <laughs> that's often what you know democracy gives you it doesn't give you the solution it gives you problems well, how, how is
6: problems. it how is it that every every other time in our history that we get in a a major fix somehow or another we've, we found somebody who did the job right be it Washington or Lincoln or Roosevelt and now we're looking around for one of those guys and uh if, if there's one there, we'll never let them in.
4: Right. I mean, they, they're singing praises of these people, you know, because they're safely dead. You know, they've been off the stage for a while, but they'd never be let in to a political party today, let alone be taken seriously or funded, you know, well enough to get elected. So, you know, it, it's, it's all just lip service, and it's, it's, it's essentially deceitful. I mean, it's to praise your dead heroes, but to keep any, any current heroes you know, away from you, uh, that's that's pretty uh, pretty sad.
6: Well, I mean, I, I I think that, and to a certain extent, I mean, I don't, I don't, I didn't know, sure as hell didn't know Roosevelt, and I was no, I was not on speaking terms with uh, Elliot Spitzer, but I think he might have been had the talent to do the job, and look what happened to him. I mean, he had one weakness, and all of a sudden the guy's out because they chased him down too. And they didn't want him anywhere. I the New York Stock Exchange people didn't like him. The SEC people didn't like him, and nobody liked him. Yet the guy, he was from that class, and he knew where all the all the uh, corpses were buried. He was like Roosevelt. To this day, Roosevelt considered what a, a traitor to his class, right? Yeah. Because he actually did something for other people. Man, I, mean, I don't, I you know, the, I don't know how you break through the money part of this. I don't see how you get started unless you'd have to be some sort of a, you know, unfortunately, you'd have to be almost like a public figure from TV or something like that. I mean, well, for, that's how Ronald Reagan got in, right?
4: Yeah. Well, did, you, you, did you see Kevin's piece that he passed around um, about um, David Garrow and the biography of Obama? I think it's an article from Tablet.
6: Maybe. Uh, I didn't read that one. I was reading all the yeah, other stuff. it's
4: pretty interesting. I mean, he, he, the whole idea that Obama stayed in Washington after, you know, 2017 um, certainly raised my eyebrows. Know, that he bought a house in the most exclusive section of Washington, with the intention of staying there at least till his one daughter was finished with high school. Then he's you know, that came and went, and then he stayed on, and he's still there. Um, well, where should he live? The media has never, you know, kind of you know, queried what the heck is going on with this, and why are why are all these people being seen coming and going from the Obama residence? And you got people who are clearly are pulling the strings. For Biden, because Biden doesn't have any strings to pull—at least any strings he knows he's got. So uh, something has, you know, has, has really gone off track, and the, and everybody is participating in a kind of, you know, hushing up of it. And it's, it's, I haven't read the entire interview that the author of this piece does with Garrow, who wrote this biography of Obama in 2017. But I do want to finish reading it.
6: Well, why is that? I mean, uh, what was the old line that the uh, well, the Cabots talk only to the Lodges, and the Lodges only talk to God, or something? I mean, yeah. It's not like these, uh, these are names you probably don't, don't even remember. Well, no,
4: no, and it isn't a very deep talent pool either. I mean, the, the thing I take away from this article about Obama is that the books that he supposedly wrote about himself were just a way of establishing a resume that he couldn't put on paper any other way. He didn't have any accomplishments, really, of any kind, but he, he fabulated this kind of account of his coming to terms with his race and his background, uh, and this propelled him to the White House.
6: <laughs> I think he was—he w- was propelled there by somebody.
4: Well, yeah, but I mean, they, they needed some kind of paper trail, and I, if, if Obama really wrote these two autobiographies, I, I think they're the only two projects Obama ever started and finished that I'm aware of.
6: Well, so, the, only thing, the only thing scarier than having Trump and/or Biden running the country is who the hell is really running it that we don't know who they are. And I, mean, I can—I can make a guess by following the money, but—but but even like Microsoft was late to the table. All the, I mean, how many how many times have people criticized Gates for not having enough of a Washington presence, not enough lobbyists? like, he just didn't know how to play the game. How, how do you criticize a guy for not doing that and encourage him to do it, and then be pissed off when people buy the place?
4: Be aware of what you asked for, Tom. And answered prayers.
6: Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's. I mean, I mean, who really is the cash? behind I mean, how does this? I, I would bet you, um, even if you were a, uh, even if you were an aware, president, which I don't know those. We've had those in a while. I was when I was I was just a lowly board member on the CBOE, John. Uh, when I ran, and one of the guys that helped me run was a guy named Larry Bloom. I, I, don't, I think he might have died. I'm not sure, but Larry's an interesting guy. He ran. A, he was one of the guys, original CBO person. I think he was the chairman of the building committee of something at the CBOE, and they brought the thing in under budget and early. And uh, you know, Larry was a bright guy. But he uh, <laughs> he's on the board a couple of terms, so he helped me get on. And he said to me. You got to promise me one thing. And I go, What's that? He goes, If you ever find out who's really running the place, you got to let me know. <laughs> <laughs> and, and sometimes, Jan, I'd, I'd walk out of a board meeting or even a local board meeting, and I did inadvertently look to see if there was some side of a secret elevator that got to the seventh floor that, you know, would just bypass everybody else. Because stuff would show up on, on the board agenda. And I'm like, where did that come from? We, we never talked about that. And then I talked to the, you know, I was pretty friendly with the staff. You know, everybody talks to me. It's like, guys, did you, who came up with this one? I don't know. We thought, what are you guys? <laughs> it wasn't us. I mean, stuff would just appear. Can you imagine if, if, if somehow we got in the Oval Office, boy, I would be something. And uh, sit, we'd take like six of us. We'd all be sitting there and go, which one of you guys ought to ride this one? I didn't do it. I didn't do it. I think stuff is just happening. John, and, and nobody even knows why it's happening, where it's happening from. You see some of the stuff in our industry, some of these rules put forth by God knows who. You know, behind them, there's three or four of the bigger firms that know they're the only ones that can comply with it. That type of thing. You, you have a feeling of who's behind it all, and what the motivation is, and you have a feeling that the people in the regulatory group are too dumb to realize how much it's, 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 it's too dumb, or or they or they w- or they're, they're waiting for the job at the other place. Matter of fact, what the who was Arthur Levitt's right-hand man? Was it Arthur Levitt who got in some kind of trouble and he ended up kicking him to the a big job at Bear Stearns before Bear Stearns went under or something? And, I mean, it, there's this interplay back and forth in all these places between these people, and that, I don't even, I don't see how the hell it was. I mean, Trump would have to, I think the only way he could do it if somehow not only would you have to become a third-party president, but you'd have to get at least... Seven, eight senators that ran with you and won, and maybe forty reps. You wouldn't need more than that because, but you'd be the, you'd essentially be the the party in the middle. But I don't see how if you didn't have any support once you got there, I think they just they just put up with you for four years. They just well, you
4: can you can see the example here in, in Illinois with Bruce Rauner, yeah, and the Illinois legislature, which is Madigan. It was just you know Madigan was the stand-in for the entire legislative body, really. And once you get on the wrong side of Madigan, it, it, it didn't matter who you were, or how much money you had, or anything else—you were gone. Or,
6: well, also, so. I think the bureaucracy does. They want to do. I don't think. I don't think the governor. I don't think Pritzker even. Though I think he's sort of in charge. If he were to tell the tollway authority, hey, whatever the, the name was or the number was, you know all this easy pass stuff that you guys have. When we pass the bill, you're supposed to get rid of it in 60 days. You're not. Get rid of it. I, I bet they don't even do it. Somebody'll take a thumb drive home, so it'll be around. I don't, think, I don't think anybody will do what these people tell them to do in the bureaucracy. Mm-hmm. And I think they just I think they, they do whatever they damn well please. SP feeder's up eleven, NASDAQ feeder's up sixty four. Come back, Kevin's going to pile in. We're going to talk a little bit about I mean, when was the last time Jan you saw an entire uh, conference disintegrate over a weekend? I mean, <laughs> it, it, I mean, it's really something. We'll be right back. Stacks and jacks.
1: 3456, that's 708 or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Stocks, jocks,
7: Sorry, jocks. stocks and jocks. You are
4: out of control right, here, right now, right here.
7: Right now, right now. I'm funny how I mean funny like I'm a clown. I amuse you
6: Hello, Lope, Saxton Jackson. I'm Ed Byrne, playing music on the board as computers of 12 days. If up 63, do we have Jan and Kevin? Indeed. Mm-hmm. How come Kevin can work the Zoom and Jan can't?
8: <laughs> um, I'm more coordinated than John. Yes, yes. <laughs> um,
6: we've known that for how many years? Fifty? Yeah. Um, morning, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> how you doing?
8: Good. How
4: about
8: you? <laughs> oh, I'm doing fine. I'm between terms, so you know I got a, I got a little bit of breathing uh, room in my days now.
6: Well, I think yeah. hey, before we start this uh, discussion, I'm Why don't we uh, give me give me two minutes to actually explain to people what exactly a conference is? Uh, the Pac-12 conference. Now they've been tax exempt since July 1959. They have an EIN number, which is a business number. Their classification: amateur sports clubs, league, amateur sports clubs, ugh, leagues, NEC, recreation sports, leisure athletics. They have a their nonprofit tax code designation. They're, I didn't realize they were a 501c3, John uh, and Kevin, but they are evidently defined as organizations for any of the following purposes: religious, educational, charitable, scientific, literary, testing for public safety. Fostering national and international amateur sports competition, amateur sports, as long as it doesn't provide athletic facilities or equipment, whatever that means, or the prevention of cruelty to children and animals. Donations to this organization are tax deductible. Uh, The last year which they gave expenses and uh, revenue was in 2019, and they had a... uh, I'm sorry, they had... uh, I'm sorry, uh, they had... What'd they make? A million, two million bucks? They had $518 million in uh, expenses or revenue, and their expenses were uh, almost that whole amount. They, they made like 11 million bucks. It doesn't give you the expenses, but if you're. Yeah, no, here it is. Total revenue, $530 million. Their total expenses were 518 Made 11 million bucks. And they're, they're creatures that run the place. They have 339 employees, which is kind of a lot. And uh, they're, they're uh, top guys. The, the the commissioner made four million bucks in 2022. The, uh, the, the going out commissioner made a million eight. The president made a million one, and there's a whole bunch of other people at three and four five hundred thousand. And then uh, the people on the board made uh, nothing. And then uh, I don't know what the other three hundred some employees made. So that's just as a a summary. Um, so they're supposed to be nonprofit. Kevin, how does how does something non-profit, just because somebody else bids you more, you go? It's like, it's like a corporate takeover, for God's sake.
8: <laughs> we got into the wrong business, didn't we? Yeah. It pays pretty well, and uh, and in the case of the Pac-12, they kind of, um, you know, they didn't run it into the ground so much as they just uh, they, ran, they ran it out of business.
6: What now why, do you, why do you say, I mean, they were, sounds to me like they were successful. I mean, I... They didn't. They, nobody lost any money or anything like that. I mean, they were, if we're in that, for a allegedly a nonprofit, sporting amateur sport thing, it's not like they were broke.
8: Well, it it isn't like they were broke, but they are no longer going to be a going concern.
6: Right, and I'm saying, how, we're we're not talking about if 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 it's Kevin's hot dog stand and John's hot dog stand, and John goes to buy you, you know, assuming there's no antitrust, you can do that because they're for profit businesses. Yeah,
8: but now, nobody nobody bought the Pac Ten. Well, well,
6: under my new, if I were to write a book in addition to my one, my one uh, No Good Deed Goes Unpunished, I would write an economics book regarding what does pro- what does profit mean today. I mean, there's an awful lot of people making an awful lot of dough here, and you're you're essentially buying and selling people. This is supposed to be some small piece of a major educational institution, and it turns out. What does the board say when you walk in? When they you walk in with this deal and go, we're going to the Big Ten. Kind of those guys, kind of far away. Well, yeah, but their TV deal is 10 million more than ours. They're well, and,
8: and it's interesting that you raise that because the uh, Missouri football coach and Missouri is safely parked in the SEC, so he doesn't have you know any real concerns here. Um, but he released a statement this guy's name is uh, Eli Drinkwitz I've never heard of him before So, because it's Missouri football uh, but he said did we count the cost for the student athletes involved in this decision we're talking uh, about a football decision but what about softball and baseball who have to travel cross country do we know what the number one symptom or cause of mental health is it's lack of rest and sleep traveling in, the, uh, in those baseball softball games they travel commercial they get done uh, playing at four they got to go to the airport. They come back. It's three or four in the morning. Then they have to go to class. I mean, do we ask any of them? I don't worry about at all about the game. The game, uh, the game is going to be strong. Football is going to be fine. But did we consider the people that are intr- we are entrusted with? Did we consider the student athlete? And I thought that's you know. You know the answer uh, to that? No. Yeah. Well. Yeah. It's rhetorical questions. Uh, clearly. But you know that that's an interesting statement from a football coach because he's looking around the rest of his athletic department, and saying, "What are we doing to these young people?"
6: Well, the football um, part—I mean, you're, you're closer to it than me—but what I'm seeing is these guys are off the chart. I mean, it started with uh, Charlie Weiss with an alumni alumnus giving him use of a private jet, and Charlie bitching about the food and booze that was on it. I mean, we're, we're at the point now where if they want to get, if they show. A guy campus and he's good enough. They send a plane to get him, right? But the coaches take private jets to the recruiting stuff. I mean, well, the
8: coaches, uh, you know, do it on the road. But no, they cannot send a private jet to pick somebody up at uh, at, at an airport. I
6: thought the Alabama did that with the guy at Notre Dame when they went to n- get him. No, 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 no. They they send them their plane tickets. I uh you know, and I talked about it. Who's who's the kid who just transferred to Alabama? I'm sorry. It was the coach? They said they sent the, the oh, play for Tommy time Reese? Yeah, they sent they, can send send a, okay. they can send
8: a jet to pick up the uh, right. The so coaching I'm going to say all
6: these big schools now are flying a, a chartered jet for game to game. I mean, what are these? The Irish what had a 747 taking the Hawaii to one year? Yeah. So, but now I doubt very seriously. Yeah, they
8: fly charter, but 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 they do, and the basketball teams generally do. Um, but uh, does any other sport in that's the place what I'm saying? Does any other, And the
6: answer is no. I'm, I'm kind of stunned the basketball team does. Oh yeah, yeah, they do. Well, only they do. Co- u- they they co- used to uh they used to fly
8: commercial. I remember the days, you know, early in Mike Bray's tenure when they used to fly commercial because if you're flying out of South Bend, you're you're inevitably making a connection. Yeah. And so they'll talk about, you know, the 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 old days when they used to, you know, have to sit in the airport for several hours to make a connection. Uh, but no, they play they fly charter now. Or right, so, so and, and the women do too.
6: But it's only can't be more than thirty people. So, so what are you on? Well, seven it's smaller. Seven thirty-seven or something. But I mean, they're not on a prop yeah. job.
8: Yeah, no, they're not on a prop job. They're they they're just on a you know a jet that's sized for that.
6: Okay. All right. So, but that leaves you what twenty other sports. Oh yeah,
8: yeah. It's it, it, again. It. It. I, I thought. Uh, I, I thought this this fellow he's you know i'm 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 going to pay attention to him now because i thought he made a really really strong point so what is what is uh, the... not not that it's not that it's so you know deep and brilliant but it, it's it's something that they just don't say, like to say out loud that you know others don't like to say out loud um Uh, all the while talking about how this is just so good for the kids Um, you know uh, this is a guy saying no it isn't
6: well why would it be good for the kids why would anybody believe that at all unless you're just some sports junkie
8: you know, I think a lot. Uh, I think a lot of these coaches have talked themselves into it. They they think that this is just a great, wonderful thing for the young athletes, and in many cases, it is. I mean, if you think about it, you get free college. In many cases, you get free college to really highly respected universities, um, and and it's hard to discount the value of that. But does that value reckon, uh, uh, represent the economic value that they bring to their schools? And so that's you know, the sea change we've seen is that many of the students are starting to demonstrate what that economic value really looks like.
6: The uh, University of California's operating budget for 2021-22 is $41.6 billion dollars. Oh, that's a lot.
8: Yep, and they're not going to see nearly the revenue to cover that, uh,
6: uh, so cover that level
8: of expense now because California is one of the schools, one of the Pac-10 schools that's left out in the cold here.
6: All right, so, so somebody shows up, the Big Ten shows up to UCLA or Washington, and they say, your schlump of a conf- conference is only getting you TV rights of $15 million and we're going to get you twenty-five. All right, so you've got a $41 billion budget for the school, you take that to the board and say we're going to blow up the conference for ten million dollars a year. If I'm a board member, I say get out of here. What are you talking about?
8: Yeah, they're really looking at more like uh, um, you know fifty million
6: uh, and growing for the Big Ten. Now, why? why but why wouldn't the, the Pac-12 in their in their area be as lucrative? I mean, I guess my question is, if if Southern Cal, if, if their listenership is only worth fifteen. How does joining a conference miles and miles away all of a sudden make it thirty? Mean, really, I mean, I mean, I'm guessing. My, I don't. Can I don't take get a to, stab at this yeah, one? Yeah, yeah, please. Yeah, fire away.
2: So, the conference's job is to get the TV schedules right and the advertising dollars right. So, if you can, if you can uh, fire up games for uh, multiple time zones and have that, and have that option for your viewers, then all of a sudden you've got. Uh, leverage or you've got more for your uh, to sell so instead of having those three three time slots now you've got four because you're in the other and you've got four teams on the other the other side of the, the so they've got east coast central and now four teams on the west coast so they're able to just dominate the entire schedule for the day whereas the sec and others just maybe have the two or three time slots and and although the SEC is probably better football, they don't have as many fans, and they don't have the schedules and ads filled up like the Big Ten do. So the Big Ten's just running a master class in just business in well, how, conquering
6: the. How 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 is uh, an Illinois Purdue game that much more popular than a Washington Oregon game? What's the difference? It, it well, isn't. you cross it the set.
2: <laughs>
6: You
8: go
2: ahead, Greg. You cross say if Illinois plays. UCLA or, or plays uh, SC or whatever, um, that gets you that gets you more uh, flexibility for the rest of the games. And so you're where the Pac-12 had a bunch of crappy scheduled games, meaning they would have to travel more, they would have to uh, play their their tough games back to back. Like the Big Ten never did that to their schools, so it's it's better for those those teams in the conference to play in that kind of scenario because they they're not pressured the pac-12 really they just dropped the ball a couple times uh, the first being with their network they created the the network but it was standalone they never they never had any leverage with tv because it was just their product and that's it whereas fox and comcast and and whatever they would all partner with with big 10 and, and sec it, it, it was it's not even the same level
6: I don't. I get the part about well, the time frame. I want to go back
8: to Tom's question. You know that that, that Purdue game, that uh, maybe Indiana Purdue. The the answer is who's going to watch that alumni? <laughs> you know, mean alumni and, and a few other interested parties, but they're not. And that's not really the point. Is how much Pac-10 or Pac-12 football have you uh, have you watched over the years? When are their games on? Um, You know, you you can get a late afternoon game with them, and they do, and you can get even an evening game uh, that schedules, but then there's always this late-night Pac-10, and frankly, in the evening or at night, how many people in the Midwest pay the slightest bit of attention to Pac-12 football? And the answer is very few. You yeah, know, like, it would like, have, have to be a really, really big game of some sort. Now, on the other hand, let's go into that evening time slot, or even the late night time slot, and let's send Michigan or Ohio State out there to fill that. Let's, you know, uh, let's uh, um, let's bring USC out here for an early time slot and see uh, against Ohio State and see what kind of audience they get on the coast you start what you're doing is you' create what they're buying is matchups to fill the programming time slots
6: you're talking about the NFL I suppose uh, I'm the
8: talking list. about the NFL it's the yeah. same model
6: well okay but if I, I just read the part about 501c <laughs> 3c oh uh, yeah.
8: oh you yeah. mean it's a not-for-profit yeah. <laughs> okay
2: <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm gonna go back to my statement that colleges are just big hedge funds
6: yeah, yeah. yeah. it's a I, I mean I it, I guess you know, it reaches the point where, um, I mean, there, there's some spots where you you go with this, and the pros, even they even they might have some morals someplace. But I mean, uh, you know, if if you had if you had women's soccer and said, okay, instead of wearing shorts, we're going to wear <laughs> bikini pants, and then somebody else going to say, somebody else is wearing nothing, because look how much more there. It's at some point you got to have a, you got to have a shred of morals and say, what are we doing here? And I. And the th- the way this stuff is going, <laughs> well, apparently not. Apparently not. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, uh, I mean, we're, we're going to get to the point now where everybody's going to get paid, and essentially, it's another professional league sponsored by uh, nonprofit institutions.
8: It's d- it's minor league sports, and has been all along. What makes it work? Come on, you guys, all three of you, uh, all three, four of you. What uh, what what do you think is is what makes it work?
6: Well, the, the, it used to be the fact that the guys weren't getting paid and the other guys were.
8: Mm, I think people, you know, some people like that amateur thing, yeah. but I think, that, you know, in many cases there wasn't the delusion. I mean, like
6: I mean, Rick Tallender wrote in his book years ago just what you're talking about, Kevin. I'm going to guess money. You're, you're, money, yeah, it makes it work. but, but, the, uh, uh,
8: but that's, what, that's what makes it work, but what creates the interest? Because you're not seeing that same interest in minor league baseball, you know, uh, in the professional minor leagues.
6: Well, somehow or other people have this uh, uh, adherence to their old alma mater. Or
8: yeah, it's alma mater, it's state U, it's, you know, it, it, it has really tapped into that. And, and what they always have to worry about, uh, yeah, it is tribalism. That's a good way to put it. Uh, and, and so what they have to make sure, if they don't want to kill the golden goose, is to make sure that they keep those identities um, and, and keep them strong. Um, so, you know, what is State U? Well, does State U mean the same thing in Illinois where you have Chicago and you have Chicago sports teams? Does it mean the same thing that it means in Alabama or Mississippi where you don't have those? Um, it You know, it becomes, it, it becomes as Greg said, it, it becomes a tribal thing. So Maybe the Bears should join the Big Ten. Yeah, the Bears should <laughs> join the Big Ten, but it would be kind of embarrassing if they don't win it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
6: Well, I, mean, I guess it's, They're looking for a new home. I vote Big Ten. <laughs> well, but how far away from the the educational product? And you know what? And I know you guys are absolutely convinced that that these that these schools. I mean, you t- look at the, the budget of UCLA. Now, the same people that we have on the show today will tell me, and actually, you guys aren't as vehement. Greg knows my other group that is Mr. Sports vehement. That's a good yeah. word. I yeah, need to look that one up. I mean, they're, 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 they're saying. You know, UCLA couldn't possibly go without football. There's too much money. For God's sake, they're charging people 67 grand a person. Their, their budget's 42 billion dollars. They don't need football. They might want to think it, but it's not like they're going to go under. And who's kidding who?
8: Yeah, the only the only conference that I see, and I, maybe maybe the others have some kind of a similar setup. Uh, the ones that get a, a, um, any kind of academic benefit out of this are the Big Ten. They have this big research cor- uh, consortium um, that their members all share in it, and and they literally have billions of dollars worth of research grants that come their way. Um, and, and and I'm I'm not. You know, I'm not exaggerating. The number is in billions. So UCLA's
2: um, endowment's only five billion dollars. Their budgets, their budgets nine billion dollars though. Yeah.
8: So so there is there is something that goes on there that people can, that that has some value. That you know when you when you keep saying Northwestern's going to exit, I keep looking at that and going, I don't think they're going to walk away from that part of it. But maybe that. But the you know ultimately it it is you know what's the business angle what's just as interesting as all of this and all of this discussion that we're having is what's going to happen to everybody else now what you know what what's the next shoe to drop here um the atlantic coast conference you know i know i'm sure florida state and miami would probably love to jump into the uh, southeast conference but there's a problem they uh um,
2: they're locked up aren't they
8: Everybody signed off on what's called a grant of rights agreement. Um, that's at that conference. And that's locked up through 2036, 2036. And what it means is that um, uh, you can leave if you want to, but the conference gets to keep your TV rights. <laughs> so It's for your home games. So. So you're still part of the, uh, you know, you, uh, the ACC. You can join the SEC if you want, but the ACC still owns the rights to your uh, your uh, games in Tallahassee. Uh,
6: uh, well, how, right? so how does the University of California systems, and those that are, I'm not all that up on it, but they essentially have seven schools, right? Berkeley being probably their lead one. is probably their number two, but they have Santa Barbara. They have... Irvine, Irvine, anyway, I think there's, yeah, seven, there's like seven yeah, there's
8: there's the uh, Cal system and then there's the Cal State yep. uh, right uh, group, which is a separate.
6: Uh, yeah, I'm talking uh, about the the August the higher August. one, the Cal. So system. You know, you
8: Cal State is like Northridge and places like that, where it's UC Santa Barbara, San so. Luis Obispo. But, yeah. how does how
6: do how do they vote yes to let UCLA join the Big Ten and essentially University of California Berkeley cast adrift? I think. I think, but I'm
8: not sure. But I think there's a separate board of regents for each school.
6: Uh, but they're all—they're all—you would hope so. They're all—they're all ran from the same place in Oakland. Which yeah, I, it would
8: have to come from the state legislature, I think.
6: Yeah, I when I, I just so what now? Where are Cal? The, the the four that are out. Well, describe who's who's going where, Kevin, Because the four that are out are Stanford. Washington State, Oregon State, and Cal Berkeley. Right. Correct? So
8: Colorado left and went back to the Big Twelve, which what? is which where is they where they, they were, where, where yeah. they where they were once upon a time. Um, also, Utah is gone, and the two Arizona schools have uh, have moved into the Big Twelve, which was the conference everybody thought was dead happened, a few. But that happened.
6: That happened this ago. weekend after the other guys went to the Big Ten. Uh, yeah.
8: The Arizona thing has been in the works for quite a while. I've been reading about that for a couple months now, so I, I okay. think that that was that was on the table. Um, so, uh, so so we have that piece of it. Um, then um, USC uh, and UCLA were on their way to the, have been on their way to the Big Ten for quite some time. That deal was done.
6: That was like two so, years ago, or a year and a half ago. Yeah,
8: so when the other two decided to... Um, uh, the especially the Arizona schools when the Arizona schools decided to leave, that was when the uh, Washington and Oregon, which are the two biggest, best-known athletic programs, uh, you know, in in the Northwest, um, they they said, okay, we're ready to leave. Oregon's got Big all 10, the Nike and, money, right? Right, and and the Big Ten was ready to accept them, so uh, so that took off. Uh, that left. Um, that left uh, uh, California, Stanford, uh, Washington State, and Oregon State sitting there going, uh, hey, guys, where'd everybody go? Yeah, <laughs> uh, um, You know, they they must have gotten sent snipe putting or something while everybody was... And Stanford uh, uh, has been
6: a player. I mean, they've, they've won that conference a few times in the last decade, right?
8: Yeah, they've they've been intermittently good and not good. They won when
6: Harbaugh um, was there, right?
8: Yeah, what uh, what... What do you What do you really know uh, about Stanford as an athletics uh, operation, though? What are they
2: really good at?
8: Um,
2: well, Tennis, golf, track and field, swimming,
8: baseball, yeah, and and women's basketball.
6: Well, yeah. Well, but I mean their football um, team way that? way
8: more so than football.
6: Well, they, they they've been like the uh, according to my I haven't seen him since COVID, but according to my buddy Beldo, they've always had trouble. I mean. The getting the 85 people on a roster is not all that easy. I mean, uh, Alabama has more than that and hides in places, allegedly. But Stanford, I mean, he told me one year they were, it was July, and they only had 58 people on scholarship. They managed to fill it up by, but it, they, they... Yeah,
8: when you when you have this, uh, you know, a- any measure of academic standards for admission for uh, athletes, that's going to be a problem getting 85 people.
6: Yeah, they, they're, they're, we care about playing at that level. But now, so now what, what happens... This year, they're still the Pac-12, correct? Yes. Yes. You know, so, what happens? Where are Stanford and Oregon State and those guys? They're going to go to the they gonna go to the uh, uh, the ones with Air Force, them like lose guys or no?
8: Well, the, the, yeah, they'll probably go hat in hand to the uh, Mountain West, but you know, I, I also expect the Mountain West to sort of look at them and go, "Well, what are you bringing to the table?" It's not like somebody's going to pay us more for television rights just because. Washington State is, here, is uh, with us because uh, tell me this, when's the last time you said, oh good, Washington State's on TV, I think I'll tune into that.
6: Well, it's the same as Air Force and those other guys.
8: Yeah, you, you just don't. Yeah. Um, unlo- unless your team is playing them, uh, you don't. And and the way this is shaping up with the sizes of some of these conferences, they're not going to be playing any non-conference games. you know Maybe they'll get one warm-up at the beginning of the year to beat up on a patsy um, but that's going to be it.
6: Where does this leave the Irish?
8: Uh, that's a good question. Um, they, uh, uh, I, like I, I think their agreement dollars. with the ACC is that that's, that's where they'll go if they give up football independence. But uh, I, I would think that uh, they are one operation that could probably buy their way out of it, uh, uh, the grant of rights, and, uh, and, and, you know, uh, and go to the Big Ten if they wanted to. They do have affiliation with the Big Ten for hockey, so it wouldn't be
6: right, a, we, we, we got a We got a minute. This, this part about sharing grants, I don't I don't see if the University of Wisconsin gets a huge grant from the research something in their medical facility, I don't see them sharing that with Indiana. What are you, you talking about? No, but it's,
8: it's the grants that go through, I forget what they call the consortium, but it's the, the consortium applies for grants, for research grants. Of all kinds, they they do this uh, they do this all the time, and they and they get big money, and of course they get the grants because they can throw so much so many schools' weight behind it.
6: What 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 would a grant be that they would get that a school wouldn't get individually? I mean Vanderbilt, and these other places get huge grants.
8: Yeah, everybody gets huge grants, but the the ones that you get you know Department of Defense stuff, where they want multiple schools to uh, to be uh, working on it at the same time. Heck, mm. I you know um, we were. You know, we are, are working with Notre Dame right now on a uh, grant application for uh, uh, for some robotics technico- uh, uh, technologies, and we're a, uh, a community college. So, you know, you, it, it, it's it's a it's an interesting world to navigate. Let me
6: put it that oh, way. I grant, can only imagine when there's money involved. Kevin, thank you. Jenny. hang around a bit for Audrey, I hope. Sure. SB Future's up 8, and SB Future's up 45. Be right back. Stacks and Jacks.
5: How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to factor in the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other life decision. Your brain is smarter than your gut, and that's why you owe it to yourself to read Luckbox. We've made it easy because Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com slash job. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with timely, actionable trading ideas, and equips you with savvy investing tactics you don't already know. All while exploring how to live your best life through music, spirits, food, sports, travel, fitness, and a whole lot more. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on controlling their financial futures. It's for overachievers and alpha types who don't buy into Wall Street's investment gurus. It's for mavericks who believe in life, luxury, and the pursuit of happiness. It's for you. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is 7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com/jocks. Don't rely on luck, get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com/jocks.
6: Hello, this is tom Howard the chief Well, now it looks like MAM interest rates are moving more towards historical levels. Everyone needs to be aware of what that continued movement might do to your portfolio, both good and bad. We also have a stock market that seems to have stalled, at least for the short term.
1: Stocks,
6: Jocks, and Stocks, and Jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now.
1: right here,
0: right now. right now Have you ever heard the expression, the customer is always right?
6: Well, Northpack, Stocks, and Jacks, downtown. i Matt Burn on the board. SP futures up 10, Nasdaq futures up 55. We've got, uh, let's get the rest of this stuff up here. We've got the uh, individual stacks. Not much. We had guys up earlier, but now we're kind of, eh, well, not up as much as we were. Uh, we've got over in, a- over in Asia, we have the, uh, I do as I get that. You know, it really helps if you hit the right button here, man. Uh, That's for sure. Uh, you know, when you're clicking, you want to click on the right thing. Uh, Nikkei up 61, up 0.2%, slow, slow, slow. Hang saying, here's a day, minus one. Call that flat. Shanghai down minus 19.6%. The uh, China inflation data is like today or tomorrow. I don't know why you believe any of their data, but they went Friday. Dow's Dow was down 150, and S&P down 23, NASDAQ down 50, and that all fell apart right in the last half hour, maybe in the last 15 minutes. We're up to almost the whole day. In Europe today, we've got the DAX down 63.4%, FTSE down 39.5%, CAC around 11.2%. They've got their inflation data coming. As well, and ours is uh, Thursday and Friday this week, I believe, CPI and PPI. We've got bonds up three basis points, 4.09. The Bund up two basis points, 2.56. Japan unchanged at .63. We've got oil down 72 cents, but still over 82, 82 82.10. Rent down 71 cents, 85.53. Natural gas up 7 cents, 265. Arbob unchanged, 278. We've got gold uh, down 5 bucks, 1970. Silver down 20 cents, 23.51. Copper up, down a penny, 385. We've got crypto uh, down 47 bucks, 29,000 even. So it's trying to hang in there, 29,000. We have the US dollar. Now it's mixed. It's up a little bit against the uh, Euro, 109.8, but it's down a little bit against the pound, very little bit, but it's still 127. So nothing going on there. Uh, Matt, what do you Traffic Weather Sports. Cubs?
7: Yeah, good morning, everyone. Uh, it's currently. Uh a.m. on August 7th, 2023. A little bit on the Cubs in a little bit, Uh, but Chicago weather currently at 67 degrees, a high of 76. Overcast skies throughout the day. No risk of rain downtown, though that changes tomorrow, Tuesday, August 8th. We're expecting a thunderstorm in the afternoon. Uh, Temperatures up to 85 degrees tomorrow. Down in Phoenix, Arizona, partly cloudy, 91 degrees currently, a high of 107 later on. Excessive heat warning is to stay in effect until 8 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. The MLB yesterday, White Sox won their game against the Guardians last night, 5 to 3. Cubs won their game as well, a final score of 6 to 4 against Braves. And Diamondbacks lost their game against Twin City, 5-2-3. Tonight, Cubs at Mets and White Sox in Chicago with Yankees. As well as that, the FIFA Women's World Cup yesterday, the uh, U.S. women's national team was knocked out of competition after a 5-4 penalty shootout defeat to Sweden in the 16th round, according to ESPN. In terms of total titles, the team is number one in competition's history, with four placements since 1991. So, for now, Chief, back to you.
6: They didn't do so good yesterday. Their girls yeah. are better than our girls. I hate it when that happens. That's too bad. Well, are, we, are you with us? Yes, I am. Don't you hate it when their girls are better than our girls? <laughs> well,
9: you know, you either got it or you don't. When push comes to
6: shove? <laughs> How's that for a sympathetic comment? <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> um, what's going on in the economy? Up all over the place. Mortgage rates still high, going higher with the 10-year at 4.1. What, what are they up to now? Are they over 7?
9: Yeah, they are. They're between 7, 7.5 right now.
6: Man, that's a, that's a shocker for anybody walking out of a 4% or a 3%. Or. That's,
9: that's a, why they're not walking out of them.
6: Yeah. Nope. Well, it's, uh, we know a few people yep. that are. I mean, uh, b- babies show up, and sometimes you got to move, I guess, huh? Hmm. Well, well,
9: you've got babies. You've got horses. You've got deaths. uh so I mean, there's always the natural movement that goes on, but the uh, it's definitely curtailed the average person who may be moving up or down or uh, downsizing because they're going to think twice because you know who's going to give up uh, a three to four to five percent mortgage uh, willingly. I mean, there are still cash buyers out there. There's a lot of cash buyers float around. And they don't care, they don't have to care, obviously, so that market's busy. and again there what are circumstances time, where people have to move and that's what how listings are becoming available now so I, know,
6: a, I, know I ask you guys I know I ask you guys this every every week but the, the, the difference in in the rates are are so dramatic I mean, if it was you know five and a half to six i mean i i am with you on this it would not make any difference but if they as the the Bodie is, how is it that the uh, the price, I mean the, the mortgage rates really have gone from three and a half to seven? I mean, but let's say they've doubled, even more, if it's more than that. How have the prices been so sticky? Are they going to stay sticky, or one of these days when you run out of cash buyers and a few other things, are are things going to come tumbling? It just it's it's so bizarre to even think they would stay the same if, by any kind of economic theory. Yet they have. To, to a large extent, I mean, they have it in a few places in, in California, places they've come down. But here, why? why what do you guys want you first? What do you? Why do you, I mean? Even you, you know, you're not as, as big on the economic theory pieces. I am. It doesn't mean you don't know what you do. But if I were to say to you out of the blue, gee, mortgage rates in two years are going to go from three percent to seven and a half, what's going to happen to prices? You're probably going to tell me they're at least not going up. They're probably going down some. And yet, it really hasn't happened. What is it? Because the supply is so constricted. What is it?
9: Well, yeah. I mean, you have uh, several things going on, supply and demand, obviously. That's to carried to an extreme right now. And you've also got different groups. You've got the millennials entering the housing market. You know, a lot of everybody's coming tired to live with mom and dad, or they've got married, and they're forming all their own households. So you've got still have a lot of the natural progression of generations coming in. You've got baby boomers uh, who are trading not necessarily down, uh, but maybe getting rid of the big house buy the big condo buy the second home uh, so there are you know things just going around so but there is no there's just not enough homes to go around and there's not going to be for the foreseeable future therefore that is just determining competition that's the biggest thing right now
6: do you think the people that are uh, what has a few developments out by her Jen if you ever came south one of these days I'd show you all these places But they're gonna come out how many how many units was that guy Building on the corner by you, the house is in the uh,
9: I don't know exactly. I'm gonna guess, maybe fifty town homes and maybe a dozen homes, single family homes.
6: Now, do you think when it's all done, I'm gonna say two years from now, you think he's gonna get those prices he's looking for? I mean, is there that many people that can walk in at those prices?
9: I think so. There, uh, there's already people who have put money down on.
6: Is, I mean, uh, I guess I'm, I'm fishing for. I've, I've never seen a, a, uh, a thing in economics that was so obvious that hasn't happened like this. And is it because so many people are leaving Chicago? Is it because people are, are selling houses and getting money there and just trading houses? I mean, I, I mean, if you look at any sort of a, you know, what it would what it would take a family to, to be able to buy a house at four fifty at seven and a half percent mortgage, most families don't make that. I mean, it, do they?
9: Well, you're just simply going to buy something but maybe just, you're going to just it's like anything else you need a new car but you're not going to buy the maserati hit. maybe you got to buy the volvo so you're or you or a chevy you know so you're gonna uh, you know i can't afford what i want i'm going to buy less you know i'm not going to go out and buy uh, a new pair of uh, prada shoes every day but i'll go out and buy a different pair of type of shoes so it's all about ec- managing your expectations too if you need a roof over your head, you're going to have to find yeah. one one way or another.
6: You're probably not going to go out very much. So, you, uh, who, which one of us are, are you accusing of being the Volvo guy, Jen? I don't think I'm a Volvo guy.
9: <laughs> what, well, that that, that, uh, that was a bad slip. Personally, I, I something about Volvos. They seem to attract people who don't know how to drive. I don't know that. <laughs> You've ever been behind a Volvo driver? They're either nervous Snellies. They can't—you <laughs> know—they don't know how to drive at all. So they think they buy a safe car because they realize they don't know how to drive. and they're going to kill somebody else, at least not themselves. Like, hey.
6: we had a—I a, went. My in, own uh,
9: observations. Jan,
6: in, in 1988, I went over to uh, Denmark and stood up at a wedding, right? Uh, and so the 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 lady's father, we went out to buy beer. And sure enough, he he had an auto repair place, and what he you supposed to have? We hop in a Volvo, and the thing was, the thing was a four and a floor, four cylinder, roll down windows, no AC. I bet that thing's still running. <laughs> it They're like, talk about the, your basic car. It was kind of neat actually. With the
9: well, they're pretty high end now, but they're uh, like I said, I've never seen. I want you all to take your in your personal inventory of anybody who's driving a Volvo, and watch them drive.
6: Okay. Let's just say, odd is an aggressive driver. Yeah, you I know, mean, it's uh, one of those kinds of. No,
9: so I'm an efficient driver. Uh,
4: w- one, one thing that strikes me, you know, about you know people who are trapped in their homes because of the uh, the interest rate gap now, they can't afford a, a new house and a new mortgage. That's um, very different from what the case was 40 years ago, where high interest rates and and much higher than we see now were not really a cause of you know decreased inventory and houses for sale people still you know traded their you know six percent mortgage for a 14 percent mortgage without batting an eye and i think the reason why it's different is because housing prices as a function of people's income or or earning power or foreseeable earning power over the next you know 10 years or so was really different in 1982 say from what it is now and uh, we've reached kind of a you know a moment of truth about this where people are behaving very differently now from the way they responded to similar and even more you know frightening circumstances 40 years ago and i I just see that as as a very different market and a very different you know response by people and i don't think we have any kind of
6: bought my place in, in Beverly in 1985-ish, 4-ish, somewhere in there. It was right at the tail end of it. I think my mortgage was 12%. But I got a, a you know, I needed to do a little remodeling in the place, but it was a big, beautiful home and a double lot, for God's sake, in Beverly. I I paid 130 for it. So I put 25 down. I was trading on the trading floor and I put 25 down. It was like, there's people who have more than that in their credit card, for God's sake. And you know it was it was twelve percent, but the next year I think it was ten. And then after that I sold it for like one eighty or one ninety, like a year later. It was a it was a great deal. <laughs> and, uh, you know I'd much rather buy the house cheap and the mortgage high. The mortgage will come down. Yeah. And, you know it's it's. Uh, but it's just you just you, you're looking around though when you see people on edge, you just wonder. In two thousand seven, we had the same sort of phenomenon. Yet then. The economy fell apart, and all of a sudden, everybody had to move. And people, they were, they were, plus the house, housing price went down so much that they they couldn't refinance because their house didn't appraise. And because of the vagaries of the finance world, if you're paying two grand a month at six and a half percent, and you were to go get uh, the same mortgage at, at say four percent, you're paying less. But but the house didn't appraise, so you couldn't get the mortgage, even though you'd never miss the other payment, which is really kind of it's an odd oddball, you know, thing in our world, but that's the way the mortgage thing works. Seems like whatever it does, it wants to screw you. I mean, in, in those days your mortgage could be assumable, right, Jen? Yep. You, you remember that, don't you, Odd? Yeah. Your yep. mortgages were yep. assumable. Um so even if you get so right now it wouldn't be a big deal if if somebody could sell their house and the other guy got the three percent mortgage. Are you starting to see anything where people are buying homes, Odd? And uh they're financing the one that they're leaving for people, and they're just getting paid by the month, and they're using Oh God,
9: no, no I really don't
6: So there's no way the new governmental regulations think, on mortgages Very allow few to...
9: people are in the, uh, you mean like assuming a mortgage? No
6: No, I'm talking about could you, uh Seller financing? Yeah, seller financing
9: No, there's no need for it There's too many buyers Nobody, No seller really needs at this point to put themselves in that position there's so many buyers, they could pick and choose what kind of buyer they want.
6: Well, what? Why? They, they allegedly, odd. Uh, we were talking about it this weekend. You were a little bit. Um, hundred thousand people left Chicago this year. Why? Why? Why aren't the prices? Are they just coming out of neighborhoods that nobody wants to be there, no matter what? And houses are going to the ground. Or, or I mean, if hundred thousand people left Lincoln Park, I think it sure as hell would drop. Have a little pressure on the prices. It doesn't seem to be.
9: Well, you know, it might be a kind of a, a, a slow, more slow-moving effect. I mean, if that hundred thousand people in a city of two or three million is it a just this should be a disturbing trend uh, for people, an alarm bell. But uh, unless until it accelerates more, and it's still a possibility, the way the headlines read that, you know, if that accelerates more and the, the person that moved and now there's three more people that moved on the block and they're like, Well, oh, all of a sudden, bam, now your property prices are dropping. So it kind of depends. You know, if the herd effect kicks in, well, that's a whole different phenomenon. But uh, you know, you've seen that. I mean, you've seen the rest belt dry up. You've seen you know, you've 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 seen different cultural phenomena decimate neighborhoods. So you know, that's something that we're just going to have to wait and see how it unfolds.
6: Well, Jen, what is, I mean, Aud, uh, I mean she does real estate, but Aud is still a uh, uh, rep at PTI Securities, and she knows a lot about this business, and the traders have a different view of the world. But what causes, as, as the, the non-trader amongst us, what, what causes you to watch stuff? I mean, like when I, when I first came to the trading floor in 1980 or 81, either landed at 80 or early 81, the market was at 8 something interest rates were, your CD rates were like 15, and like I said the market was absolutely flat on its ass and it was kind of obvious to me that wow, this, this, these numbers don't match up one of these days these rates are going to come down and when they do the market's going to go up yet it was a solid year and a half, two years before everybody was looking at it going man, we should like go up one of these days and we never did, never did, and all of a sudden August 80, 82 we did, same way in 2007 I I knew people that had houses in uh, some of the areas in Chicago, uh what's the area way out west, and like Belmont and you know those areas where people at a black party and all they did was talk about how much they couldn't afford their house i mean it, everybody knew that the average person could not afford the average house yet it hung in there for two, three, four years, and it was like it was like you know it was like the the, the wobbly chandelier in the middle of the room, and all of a sudden one day it comes down or doesn't, but well, most of the that time it's a it whole does.
9: different thing two you know, thousand and eight was. Mortgage run and over leveraging and giving people hundred ten percent mortgages and stock market crashing. That was that was a whole different thing. The, you know, the mortgage requirements are so tight right now. They're not. You're you're not looking at the same thing. I what you're. I think you're, you're looking at more than real estate would be the stock market.
6: Well, that's right. I'm. I mean, that's. I'm saying something trade. is a catalyst, but the the underlying phenomenon was the same. The median person could not afford the median home, which is the same thing as now.
4: And now, oh, you know, the so median person cannot to... afford college for their children right. or an automobile, let alone two automobiles and insurance and everything else. So that there's there's pressure that was not so pronounced, you know, for other what, what we considered you know necessities um, in 2007. The college hadn't exploded the way it has since then, nor have, have automobile prices. And I, I just, I think people, you know, are, are always, they're always kind of re- reliving their past in some ways to see, you know, where they're headed and are they reaching a point where the stuff that they took for granted in in their lives and they'd always have access to is no longer there, and that, that creates a kind of panic in people. I think people then become, you know, pretty demoralized and they, they sometimes make d- dumb decisions because they're, they're pushed to the limit. And they realize that you know the jig is up somehow, and that maybe their kids won't go to college, or they won't go to the colleges that everybody everybody dreamed they went to. Uh, but now, if, if you can't afford a car, <laughs> or keep a car in good repair, um, and have a job that's commutable with that car, I mean, there's all sorts of things that people were not so concerned about 15 years ago that have become uppermost in their minds now.
6: Well at That's, I mean, a, great, ahead, that's a
9: great point. That's an excellent point, and I think. What pe- uh, people who are doing, let's say, okay in life, you know, who have their their house and their car and a decent job, even if you if you drive and you don't you don't have to drive very far to see this. If you say leave Chicago, you get out in some of the rural areas where companies have left. Yeah, you know, uh, uh, let's say like a Peoria where there was no more like the Caterpillars, the West Clock things that. Created a community and drove it. I mean, the rural poor is a whole different subject. I mean, that's where you see so much of people do become trapped. They're trapped because they truly have no, no place to go, nothing to do. When you see the meth use and you see the suicide and um, you know any type of you know domestic violence increases. the The rural poor is, I think, a a, a section of life that. Politicians uh, don't address. They're so worried about the cities, but you don't have to go very far outside of Chicago or any other city to really see that it's pretty tough in these areas.
6: I think, uh, you just brought up a whole whole thing that they don't have a voice. There's no voice for these people. I
4: mean, they become the flyover territory within their own state boundaries. Uh, Nobody pays attention to them. They don't get any kind of, you know,
9: The rest of Illinois is is, 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 a lot of Illinois is in terrible shape. Uh, People are too worried about Chicago. The rest of I I never hear Illinois politicians speaking up for the rest of their state here. Now, maybe I'm missing it. I'd love to know better. If any of you are listening, I'd love to hear them call in. But uh, Chicago and their problem is such a drain on the rest of the state. Uh, But there are some.
6: Well how does uh, people sound would,
9: how people who are fairly affluent would be shocked to see what's going on at the rest of their but state.
6: you're you're absolutely correct. I don't even know that I've read I mean obviously everybody has their life you know, and mine is you know coming down here and then doing the show and trying to stay on this because both for the show and for my people, my customers, so they don't have to watch the world like I do, but what is it even I don't even know if i've there's got to be articles around John or when you just take a city pick take pick. Peoria, pick, uh, where was it, Beloit, where uh, Chevy left? No, was, was, it, was it Beloit? No, was, was, was it Beloit? Wisconsin, it was. Wasn't well, it, was Chevy left? Or Akron, when the, the tire people left? Or uh, what was was Canton's big industry? Whatever. And every, and you hear bits and pieces that the town is like half as big where they've taken streets and streetlights that whole area out and made parks out of them and those kinds of things. Never, never, if they had a... Hundred fifty thousand people, and now they're never going to go over ninety again. And I mean, you just wonder what is the degradation there in home values like. I mean, uh, well, you probably have a better idea, but I, I've never actually read a uh, you know month by month or year by year account of what actually happens in a place like that. Have you, I've, I mean, Jan? Maybe you have. You read a lot?
4: No, I mean, I, I can only speak you know, anecdotally. But you know, this is back in twenty ten. My sister and I took a you know one day road trip down to. You know, just north of Peoria, doing family research, where my dad's ancestors lived back in the 1890s and so on. And we were in Lakin, Illinois, which is the county seat of Marshall County, which is the county sort of, you know, southwest of LaSalle County, north of Peoria. um I thought, well, you know, go to the county seat, go to the land records, go to you know, circuit court records for Marshall County. Uh, we, we were just flabbergasted at what Lakin, Illinois, looked like. And you could see at one time it was a fairly charming place, you know, right on the river. And um, There was absolutely nothing there. I mean, I mean, as far as businesses, every, every home was in disrepair, it seemed. There was nobody walking down the streets. And I thought, what would it take for anybody to want to move to Laken today? It seems like there's every reason to, to get out of here or you're driven out because there's no more jobs, there's, there's the schools have shrunk, everything is working against you. But I suspect that's just one of, you know, if you went to all 102 counties' seats in Illinois and, and just you know, try to get a profile, I think a lot more would look like Lakin than they look like Chicago.
6: Why would it, well, let's not take, take the north side, south, downtown out of Chicago. Why isn't, why can't we consider the Chicago south side essentially one of those towns?
4: Well, it is. It's just we, we don't think of it in those, you know, geopolitical terms because it's it's just, you know, part of a, of a larger city. of the city is, you know, it isn't really every other city it's in Illinois, but
6: but it isn't really.
4: You, but the three it, it's, wa- it's in the it's in the same situation with respect to its, you know. There's there's so many other places like the South Side now that are nowhere near the South Side and 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 differ from it, you know, widely and. You Know their demographics, but it's it's the same
6: story in a way, you're right. But our our guest that was just here, uh, Greg, who helps out a lot on the show, and we've got to be good friends. He's a good guy, but you know, he's younger. I drove him, his car was getting fixed on the south side in Blue Island, one of the islands, odd Stone Island, Blue Island. Uh, he was down in Blue <laughs> Island. Uh, so he, I'm saying, so you see that thing over there, that lot? Well, that was that was remanufacturing, that was this, that was that. I so said, they probably employed 500 people, and those guys in four employed 700. U.S. Steel, I mean, we didn't go over there. How many people did they employ? I mean, Western Electric was, what, 30,000? Yep. Um, what was, you know, Electromotive? Pullman was a probably two or three at their height. I mean, not, not their height height, way back when they, you know, they had 57 buildings there. But when I was there, it was two or three. And, you know, so you got two or three thousand people making, in those days, 20 bucks an hour. 18 bucks an hour. Now you got a Walmart they're making. They're making less than those guys made, and that was that was 1977. For God's sake. So I mean, you, you pull all those 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 uh, economic engines out of a place, and what do you got left? I mean, you just take the uh, Orange Line. You go you go behind all those uh, factories on Western Boulevard. There's building after building. Maybe one of them is occupied, right? Two of them. Right. So I mean, how do you how do you lose, you know, 150 thousand serious jobs? which probably means there's at least two other jobs for every one of those jobs with bars, restaurants, supply places to them. I mean, I mean Bloomer Fist supplied all those places. Now you're starting to see a little of that come back, but we're we're beyond, you know, we're not even close to what. You still have massive places down there. You still have Tootsie Roll, you still have some places, but it's it's way less than it was before, And how to, and, and you see it. There's not the kind of jobs, you see nothing but crime, you see streets with no houses. I mean, it's I mean, I don't know how you you brought the subject well, up, what, but... what what's, people what's...
9: don't realize, I think, is coming, and it will be the next giant wave of, of dis- disruption in how we live is AI. AI is going yeah. to eliminate how many hundreds of thousands of jobs, and the only people who are going to get jobs in that feel there are going to be well-educated people. And mm. I have to tell you, from what I see walking around and speaking to people... The quality of our education has gone down so dramatically. People are stupid, which I've said before. Uh, I don't know what they're being taught in school. Everybody just, uh, the problem is every school is so worried about government money that they pass anybody. And teachers have told me that. They've gotten in trouble for not passing kids that cannot do the work. So you're passing through people, and college, high school people don't even have a grammar school education you're getting out of college, you're still behind the eight ball because everything has gotten dumbed down and you have a new world that's opening up that very few people are going to be fit for and we're going to have this poor feudal class and their intelligentsia is going to be running the world. It's just the way it's shaping up.
6: I don't think the people with money are, de- are necessarily intelligentsia. <laughs> well, you, you know
9: what? Or you're born at the right yeah. place at the right time.
6: Uh, lucky sperm club, as they say. <laughs> but you've but you mentioned, Aud, that uh, we've got a dash here pretty soon, that you've had people that are in their early 30s that have a good job still are cashing their check at the currency exchange and paying them money every week.
9: Yeah, and it's, again, how you were brought up. If, you know, mom and dad didn't teach you to save money and didn't teach you the value of a dollar and you didn't, you know, or continue that or, you know, learn it and practice it, uh, the whole economics of what you should be teaching in school is maybe teaching somebody how to save some money and what it costs to actually live in the world, then it becomes a, a whole different frightening topic.
6: So you're not a, uh, you or John are not, I I think Matt Matt Byrne is, Mm. you're not the the philosophy of the guy that, uh, my buddy at the Tripoli, 90% of his money he spent on fast cars, women, and booze, and he wasted the other 10%.
4: (laughs) 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 He's happy, Tom. Right? <laughs> <Happy laughs> the man, other, the yeah. t- other
6: ten percent I wasted. I love it. <laughs> what, what, what a great, what life. But, but The good news is the market's running up. Thanks a lot. Thanks, John. SP yeah. Futures up nineteen. Nasdaq was up eighty five. By the way, John, everybody else's Zoom worked. What is yeah. Zoom telling you? Well, it
4: says to contact my IT manager. It doesn't let me sign in. It says I can't, I can't sign in until I upgrade. So I'll have to consult with with Matt, maybe no. you know, off off program here and mm-hmm. find out what I'm doing. So. You're not the, you're
6: not they're not the only people who think you need an upgrade, just saying. <laughs> <laughs> <that> the
4: truth?
5: <laughs> Back tomorrow, Stocks and Jocks. Stocks and jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to PTIsecurities.com. PTI ProDirect. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at ptiprodirect.com. Nadex, offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets. Visit Nadex.com. Home Source Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708-349-3456. Hamzi Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday and visit HamziAnalytics.com. Cairo Med. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708-403-2727. Dax Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968. Suppose you run your business and let me run mine.